Turn to somebody else and say, you look good too today. You look good too today. <laughs> amen, amen. God is so, all y'all look good. All y'all. I can't say y'all. You can't say y'all. Oh, yeah, you can. Of course, my granddaddy would say yuns. Yuns look good today. That's good old South Carolina talk. <laughs> Amen. Amen. How many of you guys have a passport? Passports. We want to recruit you guys for Honduras trip. I'm just trying to figure out how many has got passports. <laughs> I mean, you know, it shouldn't. Yeah, stand up again. We'll take roll. I'm just kidding. Amen. We had a great time. I'm still reminiscing and still hearing some great things that uh, took place, and it's it was it's been it was a good trip. Matter of fact, the Lord's opened the door. I'm been invited with Dr. William Lamb, who you know here, and uh, to go the end of September to do a leadership conference, and uh, we'll be reconnecting for the school and, and for the project there that we are connected with, with the school and clinic. So if you're interested, let me know. Love to have you join in and jump in on that, that trip. Passports! So you got one of those? You know, to think of the American passport, man, we, we are a blessed nation. I mean, having one of those is such an amazing opportunity. I mean, when you think about having a passport, especially a United States passport, it opens the door to travel just about to the whole world. There's not many limitations. There's very few limitations of where we can go and what we can go and see. Now, I'm not saying that everywhere you want to go is safe to go see. <laughs> it's kind of like going to Chicago. It might not be safe to go to Chicago, but, you know, you can go see it. Right? That's what I tell people. They say, well, it's dangerous down there. I said, have you been to places in the United States? It's dangerous in the United States. You just got to know where you're going, Right? Yeah, downtown Knoxville is a little dangerous at certain hours. But, you know, I, I had the, the privilege or the unfortunate opportunity, I, I will say that, because in Honduras, anyone can get a passport. And they will gladly take your money to get you a Honduran passport. But that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean you can go anywhere. It doesn't mean you have the privilege to, to travel abroad, if you will, because with a Honduran passport, there's limitations. You still have to get a visa to go to many countries to be able to get into those countries. And so, though it looks pretty and you think, man, I get all kinds of stamps in my book, it doesn't mean you get stamps. We're blessed, right? We are uh, truly a blessed nation. I mean, I, being a family that traveled, had the privilege of going in many places around the world and to experience many cultures and, and then had the privilege to go and live in a, a different country and recognize just how good 
We do have it. It, it, it kind of disturbs me to hear people burning flags and, you know, raging against our nation and saying that we, you know, we're a bad nation. And it just it drives me crazy because I'm thinking, why don't you go? Because you have the privilege to go. Why don't you go live in one of those countries? And if all you who hate the United States will go live in one of those countries for about three or four months, you would come back with a different perspective on how good and how Amen. blessed Amen. we really have it. Amen? Amen. Amen. I mean, if, if you railed against the society that you are blessed to live in, as, as there are some who do, there are other nations that would, they would kill you. Then lock you up. I mean, we have even such a privilege that we can even talk bad about the nation we live in. Right. Call it free speech. But I'm, I'm thankful, man. I love, I love the United States. I'm thankful and blessed. Uh, as much as I enjoy being able to uh, visit other nations, it just keeps a humble perspective of how blessed we really, really are. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. I'll talk about a little bit about this freedom that we have as the people of God. Joshua chapter 1, starting verse 2, it says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, cross the Jordan. You and all this people, to the land which I'm giving you, come on, can you say I'm giving? I am giving, come on. To the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel, every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given, I have given it to you just as I spoke to Moses. Wow. From the wilderness and these Lebanon, and this Lebanon, even as far as, this, as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 6, be strong and courageous, for you shall give this, this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the, to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. Father, I pray that you would give wisdom that you would give life into us today. God, help us to recognize that you have given us authority over the kingdom of darkness. And Lord, may we walk in the anointing that you have placed upon us as your children and serve you as you have called us to serve. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow. Man, that, that scripture is so powerful. Verse 3 says, 
every place on which the soles of your feet treads. Wow. Wouldn't it be nice to be able to walk around and say, I'm claiming this place, right? I remember uh, as a youth pastor at the Hopewell Church of God, they had 12 acres next to the place and, and a brother Goforth, great man of God, uh, he said, Paul, he said, we're going to go walk the land. That told us no, that we, they wouldn't sell it. I said, no, multiple times. He said, let's go walk the land. I'm like, let's do this thing. So we would walk around and probably thought we were crazy. You know, the, I'm surprised we didn't get run off, you know. But we would walk around that property and we would pray. And then we started uh, putting little flags at the corners. <laughs> said, God... You have told us that you would give us this land, and we're believing for it. Amen. You know, uh, I had the privilege of serving with Brother Goforth for a little over seven years. And, and the first two, man, we, we didn't see anything happening. I mean, the church was growing, but we didn't see anything happening on the property. But I remember in that last two years, man, God moved powerfully church that seats about 120 on the inside grew to almost 300. And, and, and the neighbor called us one day and says, Pastor, he said, I believe the Lord told me you're supposed to have this land. He said, not only am I going to sell you the land, I want to sell you the house that goes along with it in the back. And not only am I going to sell it for this, for, you know, sell it all to you. I'm going to sell it to you for this price. It was a miracle. It was a miracle. God honored the faithfulness of Brother Goforth. And sometimes I need to, we need to realize that God's called us to claim some things in our life. He's called us to, to step out in faith and, and say, Lord, you have told me that this is what you, you've called me to. And yet, we, we stand on the borders of the promise of God and we sit back and we wonder, well, God, if you want me to have it, you'll open the door, but yet we're too unwilling to step out and walk in the promise. Amen? Amen. Amen. I mean, the key factor is this. The, just before that, it says, I am giving. Come on. I'm giving. Well, I, I don't know if I'm worthy. I don't know if I'm able. I don't know if I can. Well, quit looking at yourself. Quit looking at your abilities. Quit looking at your potential. Quit looking at, at all the qualities you have or the character defects that you have and say, God, if you're giving it, I'm trusting in you that you will make a way even though there seems to be no way. Amen? Amen. And when I look at this, I see that it says from the wilderness, say from the wilderness. You know, when I look at that word from, I identify the fact that, that God sets boundaries. We don't like that. We like the old song says, don't fence me in, right? And so we, we struggle because God, you said that I could have everything. And I believe that times God is setting boundaries for us. You know, we've gotten this new wave where everybody says, I just need to quit saying yes to everything. <laughs> so you don't know what I'm talking about, right? 
I say, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I, I just, I'm running myself to death. I just, and the Lord says, from. Yes. I think sometimes we get into areas that God's never called us to. We get into places that God's not told us to claim. Are they good things? Some of them good things. But just because it's a good thing doesn't mean it's a God thing. Just because God has, has declared it, it might not be yours. It might be somebody else's. It might be somebody else's promise. It might be someone else's ministry, somebody, someone else's blessings that they're supposed to walk in, and yet we're trying to walk in somebody else's blessing. Amen. Y'all look good this morning. I was looking over this, over this, this, I'm just kidding. God's so good, isn't he? So God sets boundaries for us. He wants us to proclaim. He wants us to have. He wants to give us something, but at the same time, we have to be careful because if we're too busy looking at the blessing rather than the God of the blessing, we might get off track. We might lose sight of the direction we're supposed to be and we might lose sight of the plan that God has for us. And, and, and when we start walking in the blessing and walking in the boundaries of what God has in store for us, we can see the next word is no man will be able to stand before you. When I look at that word no man, no person, no human, I think of this, that if God has established something for you, nothing can stop it from happening. Nothing can stop it from happening. You know, the, the biggest enemy to our, to our advancement in the kingdom is not Satan. It's us. It's, it's the mindset that we have. It's the it's the internal bickering. It's the division that the enemy tries to sweep in and, and, and tries to stir. I mean, when we think about it, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So when you sense division or you sense contrary thoughts to the plan of God, then you start having to ask yourself, is this a problem that the enemy is trying to plant in me and I need to Submit myself to God's plan and God's will and say, Lord, your will be done, not mine. Amen. I mean, even our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, before the crucifixion in the Garden of Gethsemane, had to understand that there was a submission of his flesh, yes. right? Because yes. the enemy wants to breed dissension. The enemy wants to breed Division. Look at the United States at this moment. The enemy wants to divide us. The enemy wants us to have infighting. The enemy wants us to have struggle. Because when there's division, there's failure. That's right. right? And the most important place not to have division is in the house of God. Amen. Because if there is one body, one body doesn't look good with two heads. No? It might look kind of monstrous. 
Now, the Bible says there's one head, right? One body, one spirit, one Lord of them all, right? And so if we grasp that, then, then we need to say, Lord, what is your plan? If we see something contrary to what we think, then we say, Lord, it is not my will. It is your will. God, I surrender it to you. I trust you. I know that if it is your plan for this to take place, then no man will stand against it. No man will be able to confront it. No, no man will be able to hinder the plan of God because if you've called it into order, you will. We'll establish it in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Some of y'all stayed up too late last night watching some fireworks, right? I know I've already seen fireworks going off. My dog is under the, under the bed in the suitcase already. <laughs> Poor little dogs. I'm like, do they make, do they make Zoloft or whatever it is for dogs? Because my dog's going to need some before this is over with. <laughs> I love y'all. This is the great thing is, is that just as I have been with Moses, what a promise. Say, just as I've been, just as I have been. Say it again, just as I have been. Man, what a, I mean, we can see the hand of God, how he has moved. We can, we can testify of what God's done in our lives. You and I, many of you in here have seen God do the miraculous in our lives. We've seen over and over God's hand move. We've seen things take place that only God could do. We, that's why we're here. We're sitting here because we've seen God move. We've seen God's hand at work in our lives. We've seen, we've seen how God has touched us. I can look out and I can, I can point out tra- transformation in people's lives in this room. Once drug addicts, once down to nothing, skin and bones because of drugs, and now God has changed your life. I can see over and over and talk about testimony after testimony in this room of what God has done. And just as I have been with Moses, in other words, just as I have been with you through those trials, just as I have pulled you out of the darkness and into my marvelous light, just as I have taken you out of the sin, out of the miry clay and set you on the rock, just as I have done this, I will continue to be with you. That's our God. That's that's the promise that we have, just as I've been, the promise. I mean, think about this. Even in Joshua chapter 5 and 15, the Lord wanted them to realize that what I have done is not because of them, it's because of him. Amen. Joshua chapter 5 and 15 is literally the commander of the Lord's army. He shows up and, and here's Joshua. Hey, 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 who are you for? He says, take off your shoes, take off your sandals. For you stand as holy ground. Look, too many times we're saying, God, are you on my side? God's not looking to be on your side. God's looking for you to be on his side. Because too many times we're trying to plan our fashion, our way and do our thing. And God, I want you to bless it. God, I want you to, I'm going to do this for you, God. I want you to bless it. And God's saying, would you just be quiet and do what I say do? Because if you'll do what I say do, it will be blessed. You won't have to ask my blessing on it. Come on, somebody. If you're doing what I told you to do, it will automatically be blessed because I'm already in the project. I'm already doing it, right? I mean, when we look at Ephesians, he tells us that that he has established works for us to already do. Did y'all know that God's already got plans for you to walk in? I mean, before we're ever born. 
Before you are twinkling your mother's eye, God already had plans and how he wanted you to operate, how he, how he created you to function. Somebody said, I just don't know the will of God. Well, just turn your eyes to Jesus. Because if you turn your eyes to Jesus, you will find the will of God. Because if you're looking at him, he's going to lead you in the right path. For the steps of a righteous person are ordered by God. God, order my steps. He says, I already have. Just walk in them. I'm preaching y'all this morning, y'all. I better get on with this. (laughs) Amen. He goes on in that same passage. says, only be. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according. When I, when I look at that, it, I see it speaks of identity. So many times we're wondering, God, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to be? He says, <laughs> right there, only be strong and courageous. Be strong, courageous. And you know, the, the thing is, is that when you see that phrase here, it's actually listed three times right here in this passage of Scripture. And, and, and really, every transitional moment that takes place, God is speaking. You have David speaking to Solomon, be strong and courageous. You have these transitional moments and the Lord saying, be strong and courageous. God is trying to transition us into something greater. And he's saying, be strong and courageous. The enemy wants to push us down. The enemy wants us to seem weak. He wants to seem like we're losing the battle. He wants us to be discouraged to keep us from being strong and courageous. If he can intimidate us enough, we'll sit back and we'll let everything take place. We'll just let, let go. I, well, I, God's in control. I'll just let, No, but if he's called you to do something, then you're to do something. Is he in control? Absolutely. Is he sovereign? Absolutely. Does he have a body? Absolutely. Who's the body? The people who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. He's called us to be strong and courageous. He's called us to stand in the gap. He's called us to to be his army, if you will, in this this world. Now, we always get in the glimpse of army that army is militant. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but made mighty through God. We don't, we don't fight in the same manner as the world fights. We don't operate in the same operation the world operates. We operate in the, in the power of God's love. We operate in a passionate way because we are the people of God. Jesus didn't win battles coming in with uh, rifles and guns and all these things. He won battles because he got in the secret place. He won battles because he spent time with the Father and the Father empowered him and and therefore he walked in the anointing. He was the anointed one. Amen. We can see this happening. You go over to to chapter three of of Joshua and and you you see them. It's unique because there's a couple different places where it's talking about the the soles of their feet, and wherever you plant the soles of your feet, take your shoes off where I am is, is holy ground. All these things, you, you see these things. Joshua chapter three, verse, uh, verse 15. And when those who carried the ark came into the Jordan and the feet of the priest carrying the ark were dipped into the edge of the water, come on, 
It says, for the Jordan overflows all its banks all the days of harvest. Then verse 17, and the priest who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan while all Israel crossed on dry ground. If God's called us to step into the water, if God's called us to a certain place, we're always going to find obstacles to the thing that God's called us to. Say obstacles, obstacles. We're always going to find barriers to, to reach the destiny that God's given us promise of. We're always going to find something. This past Sunday evening, which I don't know if, how many of you guys got to enjoy uh, down by the river uh, last Sunday, what a joyful time. I talked about enemies of the anointing, and one of those enemies is the giants we face. A lot of times we're in a Burger King culture. We want to go to Burger King. I want it my way, right? And, and, and we want our Christianity to look in that same model. We want Christianity to be our way. And yet, we're going to find obstacles to reaching the goal that God wants us to reach. We're going to see obstacles to the, to, the, to the promised land that God has planned for us. And when we get to those obstacles, it's then that we still have to be led by the Spirit of God. Right. The Ark of the Covenant was representative of the presence of God. And when the presence of God goes before us, he will fulfill his plan. And he told them, he says, he says do this this way. How I many know that we, like, we can do things our way, but will it function the way God wants it to function? David had tried to, uh, later on, tried to carry the ark in a different manner. Said he got it in Abinadab's house and he made a new cart for it. Now, look, there are things that we can't change. Come on, somebody. Call me traditionalist, call me whatever you want to. There are certain things that when the word of God says it, we can't change it. Right? I mean, we can change paint and lights and carpet, but there's, there's a way of walking in the presence of God that we can't change. Right. He says, be holy for I'm holy, right? And y'all getting quiet up in this house right now. I mean, the idea is that it is God who makes us holy. I mean, Kim put together an amazing message about three or four Wednesday nights ago about the covenants of God and understanding that that in the covenant, the, the new covenant of God, it is him who brings us up to righteousness. It is not us who, who have righteousness in us. It is only that God makes us righteous that we are able to walk in the holiness of God and be holy before the Lord. Amen. We, we thank God for his holiness that he uh, puts into us as we submit to him. Amen. Yes. Amen. I know. I know. It's good. <laughs> so God wants us to walk in it and we have to face the obstacles and sometimes we've got to step into the obstacle Lord I don't see it moving God I don't see I don't see it happening I heard one preacher talk one time and says he's talking about a guy that the Lord told him to push the rock and, and, and he got up and he was pushing and he was pushing and he was I mean, he got frustrated a few times. He would run up and... He said, Lord, the rock's not moving. 
And the Lord said, I didn't tell you to move the rock. I said, push the rock. So many times I think we're looking for results rather than obedience. And if we're really just being obedient, God will produce the results. God will show up and he will show himself faithful if we will be faithful. Right? I mean, it talks about being faithful with the little things. And I'll be bless you with greater things. Until we can get faithful with the little things, why would we expect God to bless us with greater things? I mean, we have to learn to be faithful with where we are and what we have and be obedient in the little things where God has us because if we'll start walking in the faithfulness of God and we'll start stepping in, it might be a little place at this moment. It might be a puddle, if you will. But if it's an obstacle to get to your thing, step in the puddle because there could be a Jordan River coming your way. And if you're not faithful to step in the puddle, if you're not faithful to step in the little river, how can you step in the big river? Yeah. Amen? Amen? Be faithful. Be faithful. I mean, if we were to look at our shoes, go ahead and look at your shoes. This is my second pair of these. Uh, these I, I'm trying to be like Brother McGarrity. He wears these kind of shoes. He, He's got these nice-looking Clarks. Feel good, don't they? I had one pair that my mother-in-law bought me. I still have them. They're, they've separated right here, and the bottoms are wore out in the bottom. And the gel inside of them stick to my socks. <laughs> I've had them for a long time. I wore them in the jungle of Honduras. They said it was time for me to close. <laughs> I've worn them in the jungle. I've worn them at the capital of Honduras. I've worn them throughout Central America. I've worn them in South America. I've worn them in Mexico. Those shoes have traveled. I probably should throw them away. But I still have them in the middle of my closet. I'm like, I can't get rid of them. I mean, I've got new ones. I'll, I'm not going to wear them again. But those shoes are a reminder of me of promises that God has made. Those shoes are, are representative of victories won. It was in those shoes that I was sitting in a convention in La Mosquitia, Honduras, over a thousand people there, and I saw demoniacs being cast out. It was in those shoes that I was in La Mosquitia when they brought, during the middle of a service, they brought this guy in on a stretcher and sat him down. They've had him at witch doctor after witch doctor, and nothing could happen. But I saw them pick him up out of that, out of that little cot and they put one shoulder around one guy, one shoulder around the other, and they dragged that guy around the building. I'm thinking, man, his toes are gonna get raw. But they were not giving up on the promise of God that this man would walk. And I, don't, I can't tell you how long they continued 
to just drag him around the building. But I can tell you this, that before he left, that he was leaping and jumping and praising God. Amen. I mean, so those shoes mean something to me. And I'm sure that you've got some things, some articles in your life that your heart is hard to get rid of. It's hard to throw away. My daughter, Anna, she has just about every youth camp shirt she's ever gotten. Some of them are about this small, you know. I mean, they'll fit a three-year-old. And I'm thinking, baby, get rid of that stuff. But in her mind, they mean something. They tell a story. They tell of what God's done. They tell of how God has touched their lives. I don't know, man. I, I know he's not in here right now. But Gabe had an awesome experience this past week. He said, he's a pastor. Came to me before church. He had to meet me in the sanctuary. He said, I gave my heart to Jesus this week. Woo! Amen. Man, I hope he frames the shirt of camp this week, right? Because it means something. Where has your shoes been? What stories do your shoes tell? It says, wherever your feet trod, where have, where have your shoes taken you? Where, have, where has your life taken you? Where is God, where's the direction that he has them going? You know, they, they tell you in soccer that wherever your planted foot is, is where you're where the direction of the ball is going to go. You'll see people, you know, they step up to the ball and they plant it out here and whack, expecting to go that way, but it just... Because where your planted foot is planted is more than likely the direction that that ball is going to go. Where is your foot planted? Wherever you plant your foot, that's what it says. God's got some things in your life. God's got some possessions that he wants you to have. He's got some victories that he wants you to win. But until we're willing to plant our feet in faith into the direction that God wants them to go, in the boundaries that he's set for us, then will we reach that? Will we grasp a hold of it? Will we be able to, to get them? Look at all them shoes. It looks like my mama's closet. I promise I didn't take a picture of her closet. And mom, if you're watching, I'm sorry. Looks like some of y'all's closet, right? Uh, sadly to say, I've got more shoes than she's got. It's, it's a bad thing. But I've got some stories, right? Got some history in those shoes. I actually asked Cecil before service. I said, Cecil, you still have your boots from when you were in the military? Cecil, how old are you? How old are you? Too old? 80 years old. He still has the boots that he wore in the military. Here's what he told me. He said, Pastor, he said, the last time I had them out, I spit-shined them. <laughs> Why? Because those boots mean something. Those boots were probably on him 
when he was running a front end loader over a mine and it didn't blow up. They got stories in them, <laughs> right? Now, I'm not telling y'all to keep all your shoes, okay? Some of y'all need to clean out your closets. <laughs> I'm speaking to me. Yes, I am. But I am saying that what are the stories that are being told from you now? What stories are you anticipating? What stories are you looking for? I mean, for the Israelites, I mean, I'm, I feel like this is a story for me right here. For the Israelites, the Bible says that their shoes didn't wear out. <laughs> for all the years that they wandered, all the years that they were in the desert, their shoes didn't wear out. Some of y'all's wishing some of y'all's shoes didn't wear out. But ultimately, when we talk about our steps into, in today's new covenant world, we have to walk in the Spirit. Because if we walk in the Spirit, the Word of God tells us in Galatians 5 and 16, if you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Verse 25 says, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. You want your shoes to have stories, walk in the Spirit. You want, to see, you want to see God move, walk in the Spirit. You want to see your life not struggling, walk in the Spirit of God. Amen? Uh, another passage, I, I, I have multiple messages, evidently. Another passage tells us in Ephesians 6 and 15. Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We need to walk in the spirit. We need to be prepared for the battle. The word shod, some of y'all got some horses, been around some horses. Gary's son does a little shodding, shoeing. You know, the imagery that's placed in Ephesians chapter 6 telling us about the, the armor of God brings the idea of the Roman soldier and how he would shod his feet. And literally, they would, it would be a, a, a brass-type shoe. And, and when they shod them, it would, they would make it so tight. They'd put a leather bottom and so tight but in their warfare, they would actually put one inch to three inch spikes in the bottom of those shoes when they were in warfare. But the word of God says for us to be prepared for battle, right? And a part of being prepared for battle is to shot our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You know, one of the Greatest weapons to defeat the enemy is walking in the peace of God. I mean, no, we have a lot of people that are walking without peace. Walking, because the enemy wants us to walk disturbed. The enemy wants us to walk frustrated. The enemy wants us to walk broken. We, we live and to me, an epidemic of mental health issues in this society. Yeah. Brokenness. Yeah. 
struggling with depression, struggling with fear, struggling with doubt, struggling with suicidal ideation, struggling with all these different mental health issues. That's, that's where our society is right now. We have mental health month. I'm not being derogatory. I mean, I have people in my own family struggling with mental health issues. But can you imagine when we walk with the gospel of peace? <laughs> the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of the peace of God in our lives. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Right? Let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Why? Because he trusts in thee. When we begin to walk in the preparation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, in the peace of God, we become a, a warrior of God because we're not disturbed, if you will, by the chaos of society. We know in whom our faith is in. Paul said it this way, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation. He's able to keep us. He's able to bring peace into our mind and peace into our heart. Look, all of Israel is standing on the banks looking at Goliath. They didn't have any peace. There was more of them than of him. But because of the intimidation of the words of Goliath, come out here, you little dogs. Come out here, you little scrawny runts. Right? Because of the intimidation of this massive man, there was no peace in the mind of the warriors. When we become like David, our peace is not in the armor. The peace is not in our abilities. Our peace is in the Lord. Right? Our peace is in the Lord. When we walk, as the Lord's called us to walk, we'll walk in the Spirit. We'll walk prepared to face the enemy. And there's, I got like five other points, but I got three minutes. We'll walk as Jesus walked on the earth. The disciples went around asking Jesus, who's the greatest among us? I think too many times we're in competition to see who's the best. I'm, I'm not against competition. I love sports. I love, I ran track. I played soccer. I, lo I love those moments. I'm closing if somebody wants to play. Even Paul likened the, the race that we run. He said, not everybody wins the crown, but we all run with endurance. We all run as if we're striving to win the, the, the prize of the high calling, if you will. But, but Jesus told the disciples, it says, whoever wants to be greatest among you will become the least, the servant, 
The leader will become the servant, tells me Matthew. Mother Teresa, she'll put those picture up there. Mother Teresa. You know, they, they say how beautiful are the feet of the, the one who carries the good news. I look at those feet and I don't see pretty. I don't see beautiful. Mother Teresa was a servant of servants. She didn't want accolades. She didn't want the best. Somebody said, why is her feet like that? And they said, because she would get shoes in, boxes of shoes. And she would go through the box before anybody could go through the box. And she would get the worst pair in the box. And that was hers. And she said, I just don't want anybody else to have the worst. She preferred her brother and sister over herself. Could she have gotten? Mother Teresa was so well known, she could have probably been a millionaire in gifts and tributes and blessings and missionary offerings. But she chose to be a servant. She chose to walk as a servant. When you walk in the Spirit of God, man, you're going to make a huge impact. You're going to be victorious. Because no, when you begin to step into the situation where the Lord has called you to step, no one can stand in your way. He's going to give you victory because that's what he said. No one can stand there. He said, just as I've been to Moses, I'm going to be with you. We have to prepare ourselves. We have to surrender ourselves. Walk in the Spirit. Be prepared with the peace of God. Because the world wants you to be in turmoil. The world wants you to be upset. The world wants there to be a consistent struggle in you, right? Because if he can get you tore up from the floor up, then he's got you messed up, doesn't he? But when you have a peace at the core of who you are, you're not struggling with identity any longer. Be courageous. Do. Be careful to do the will of the Lord. When you, are, when you have the peace of God, there's a, there's a core sense of identity in you. You're not struggling with who am I any longer. We go through these midlife crises. Somebody said, so Pastor, you went through a midlife crisis, didn't you? Hmm, got a motorcycle. Maybe. I'm not struggling with who I am. I know who I am in Christ Jesus. When we get that peace, that, that, that full armor of God, and we put on that, the gospel of peace, man, we have something that gives us the courage to stand no matter what everybody says about us. 
I'm not, I'm not identified. I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not who they say I am. I am who I am because of he's made me who I am. Amen. And then ultimately, we come into a position of servanthood. Because when you recognize that Jesus left the throne room, came to this earth in flesh so that he could bear and have the same temptations that we face. That he was willing to take our sin. Think about this. The king of glory, Jesus Christ, the throne room, left throne room, became put on the robe of flesh like to, to face the trials like we face. Could have been set as the king automatically as soon as he walked into the presence of society, but chose to take on humanity to suffer as we suffer. Chose to carry the weight of our sin. Chose to experience the wages of our sin, not his sin. Chose to carry the wages of our sin on the cross of Calvary. So that when we believe in him, we become the righteousness of God. He became a servant. He gave us the example of, of serving others. You will win more people, not by arguing with them over politics, not by arguing with them even over theological differences. You will win more people by loving them and serving them than anything else. When we capture the heart of a servant, we can transform society. God, give us the heart of a servant. Let us walk as you walked. Amen. I'm thankful that we have a church full of people who love Jesus. Man, we do. If you're visiting with us, man, you, you come this afternoon and look like, look at the busy bee ants that we got around here that just serve, man. They just love, they just jump in, they work, they, 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 they get involved, they connect. But God wants us to be servants of the Lord. And there's a place for everyone to serve. There's a place for everyone to be a part. There's a place for everyone to make a difference. We don't have to walk purpose, purposelessly. Huh, that's hard. We can walk full of purpose. Our usher's gonna come and give us the privilege to share in communion. As they do, I wanna pray over you. Father, today, Maybe there's someone who's walked in this room and though we have proclaimed freedom, our freedom is not for us to walk in the flesh. Our freedom is for us to walk in the spirit. 
For your word tells us there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Many times we stop there. But your word goes on and says, for those who walk by the Spirit and not by the flesh. Lord, we don't have to walk in condemnation. We don't have to walk in self-condemnation. We don't have to walk in, 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 in shame. We don't have to walk in fear. We don't have to walk with the shadow of our past trying to overshadow us. We can walk in the freedom of your Holy Spirit, knowing that when we surrender to you, Lord, God, that you have already prepared steps in advance for our victory. You've already prepared in advance transformative moments. And God, I pray that we will walk in the Spirit, walk prepared with the gospel of peace and walk as a servant to see those things fulfilled in our lives and those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Is God good? Amen. You guys look great. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad to be a part of this family. Man, you guys are amazing. Good stuff, Jim. Amen. Brandon, God is good. He's faithful. Somebody told me, said, Pastor, I said, people need to hear the gospel, right? People need to hear the gospel. This is that moment where we talk about the gospel. <laughs> because Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, I think that's me. He came to this world in all this brokenness. And while we were still in the depths of our sin, loved us, isn't that amazing? Loved us in spite of our failures. Loved us in spite of all of the bad decisions that we've made. Loved us in spite of our parental abilities loved us in spite of our crazy teenage years, loved us in spite of all of the bad decisions we made, loved us, cared for us. Was willing to take all of our sin on the cross of Calvary. That we, when we accept him as Lord and Savior, we enter into the new covenant. The, he says it this way, that we enter into the veil of his flesh. Think about that. 
that we're no longer, no longer on the outside, that we've been invited into the Holy of Holies. What a, wow. If you're living without the joy of the Holy Spirit, if you're living without the presence of God, if you're living dried up like an old raisin, I'm telling you there is an open invitation into the throne room of God. I'm telling you and encouraging you that don't let anything hinder you from drawing near to Him. My youngest son has been challenging me ever since he preached. He said he didn't preach, but he preached about two weeks ago. Challenging me that said, Dad, you, you need to have an expectation of the presence of God. And from the moment he gets up, he's got that phone blaring worship music. I can hear it downstairs to the moment he goes to bed. He encourages me. And I pray, man, God, let there be a move of God so powerful that it can't be contained in, in just our little youth group. Man, it just dumps over into this whole body. And then we get so stirred up for God that we come in, we don't have to wait to be a cheerleaded, if you will, by worship, but we come in worshiping. We come in with an expectation to experience the presence of God. And it doesn't take but the first keys to be played and we're already excited. Amen. That's what Jesus did for us. He made a way where there was no way. You don't deserve heaven. You can't earn heaven. You don't deserve the grace of God. But that's what the gospel did for us. He died and rose again so that we have the hope of glory. Jesus explained all this to his disciples And he took that bread. And you can stand with me if you'd like and as we honor this moment. He took the bread with his disciples. Says, this is my body. Broken for you. Isn't that great? What a gospel. That Jesus was willing to be broken in your place so that you could be whole. Can we take that and honor this moment and remember what Jesus did for us? <laughs> Lord, I wasn't there when they took that cat of nine tail and they literally ripped your flesh. I wasn't there. I couldn't, I can't even grasp, even through the, the depictions that have been displayed in theatrical moments, couldn't even imagine the depths of your pain that you took even before you ever reached the cross. 
And I'm so glad that you love me and this group of people so much that your word tells us that it is by your stripes that we are made whole. And Lord, we thank you for the sacrifice that you made on the cross of Calvary. Thank you, Jesus. He said, take this cup, the blood of the new covenant. We take this cup because of what he's done for us. We sing a song, older song says, there's power in the blood. We sing another song that says, his blood will never lose its power. And even though it was shed so many years ago, there's still lives being touched and transformed all around this world. Even little Gabe this week, as he said, I accept Jesus as my Savior. Lord, thank you for the blood shed for us. Thank you for the covenant that you've made with us. Take and drink. Lord, I pray that as often as we do this, that we do it in remembrance of your work, the finished work on the cross of Calvary. And Lord, may we walk in the peace that passes understanding because of what you've done for us. May we walk as a servant. May we walk in the spirit of the Lord. May we take hold of every place that you have promised for us in the freedom of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, I love you. Let somebody know you're glad to see them today. If you're visiting with us, we are so thankful you're here. We pray that you will join us this afternoon. It's gonna be a great, great time of fellowship and fun. God bless you guys.